Today on Lockdown Red Wings, we're going to talk about the surprise signing out of Sweden, previewing Columbus Blue Jackets, and of course, another edition of How Do You Feel About It Friday. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to a Friday edition of the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. Scotty is also host over at Lockdown Tigers. And guys, you know what day it is. You can tell by the hat I'm wearing, by the hoodie Scotty's wearing. It is opening day for the Tigers baseball season. And while the forecast is a little dreary, it's a lot to be excited about. I'm so pumped, man. I'll be there. Oh, it's going to be so fun. I You'll cannot be wait. there and I'll be square. Sure. As long as I'm there, I don't care what shape I am, you know. No, I'll be square. Oh. Because I'm yeah. not going to well, be there. That's, I feel like that's kind of a given. Right. But. Well, well, starting the episode off on a joke <laughs> that fell flat on its face. What else is new here at Lockdown Red Wings Podcast? Um, we have a few things to talk about in today's episode, guys. First and foremost, the Red Wings made a couple moves. They sent down Kyle Crisculo, to be expected. Back in America, Sam Gagne playing again, so Tyler Pertuzzi can play as well. Now that we're back in America, Chris Kulo forced out of his way, forced his way off the roster. Um, also, there's a rumor going around, and I haven't heard it yet from an official source, but it's been tweeted out by Ice Hockey Gifts on Twitter. Which, if you guys don't know, I mean, this is this is a, it's a Twitter must account. follow, must follow if you're a Red Wings, Wings fan. fan because they tweet out a bunch, a bunch of like Red Wings Swedish prospects gifts, mostly this season. Simon Edvinson. Last season, it was mostly Moritz Sider because he was playing mm-hmm. in the SHL. So um, he tweeted out, or I don't know if, I guess we don't know if it's a boy or a girl. They tweeted out um, that the Red Wings reportedly have signed Pontus Andreasen, and I'm, I'm completely guessing on the pronunciation of that, guys. Um, Andreasen? Andreasen? There's a, a I lot think of you nailed it the one. first time, honestly. Andreasen? Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm tripping myself up now. Uh, he's undrafted rookie. Don't say it so slowly. <laughs> Andreessen. Yeah. See, I think that's right. There we go. That's what I'm going to roll with. Brian. Brian. <laughs> um, that's what I'm going to be rolling with throughout the majority of this podcast. Well, I'll probably bounce back and forth because I can't be consistent on that. But he's 23 years old. He's a left-handed shot. He's center, plays end winger as well. Uh, five foot ten, 183 pounds, undrafted. He's 23 years old, so that should go as a given. Uh, he's had a pretty impressive year. He is a, a rookie at the SHL level this season, so this is his first full season with the SHL, despite being 23. And he kind of he kind of came into his own. He's second in SHL rookie scoring. He's got 38 points in 52 games, 18 goals, 20 assists. So no wonder the Red Wings decided to take a shot and sign him because uh, they need a lot of center depth, and he's a center. Um, with the scoring, the production that he's had this season, it does not hurt to take a shot on what could potentially be a late bloomer. Yeah. I mean, why not? (laughs) Like we're at the point in the year, man. Why? Like, why not? Why not? No reason not to might as well just have some fun with it. See if you can find a diamond in the rough. If you don't, it's no harm to anyone. And if you do, then you look like a genius. So like, why not? He's not taking anyone's spot. 
He's not, you know, any anybody going super hardcore playing for nothing. I mean, what? Why not? Sure. And I'm not gonna like try and sit here and um, like pretend like I know this kid because I don't. I this is the I'll be completely honest. This is the first I've heard this kid's name because when it comes to the SHL. The only names I know are the players on the Red Wings who are players, Red Wings prospects who are playing on it. So I know Simon Evanson, I know William Wallander, I know guys like that. So I didn't know who this guy was until they signed him. And but just by purely looking at his statistics, um, having you know 18 goals and 20 assists, he's a pretty well balanced production, and and a team that's struggling production wise, especially from that, those bottom six centers, bottom six forwards. I mean, that is a, that is a much needed position. So again, I just reiterate, there's really no harm in taking a shot because right now your depth chart is as follows at center. It's Dylan Larkin, Pew Suter, Michael Rasmussen, uh, Oscar Sundquist, Sam Gagne, Mitchell Stevens, Joe Valeno. That's your depth chart. The bulk majority of those guys are not going to be here next year or parts of your core going forward. So there is literally no harm in taking out a sh- taking a shot at a guy who's had pretty even production at a very high level professional league in Sweden. Yeah, completely agree. I mean, honestly, it kind of adds a little bit of fun to the rest of the year. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's it's uh, not you know it's it's not the equivalent of like calling up a, a, like if Bergerin got called up or anything, but it's still like a a fun thing to kind of add into the rest of the season and see if he can get some production. Uh, if he does, maybe they take a longer look at him over the summer. And if he doesn't, then there you go off into the wind and we move on. It's, it's not a, not a big deal at all. Well, and too, if you, if you look at the up and coming center depth on this team, Scotty, it's theater Niederbach. Who's also playing in the SHL right now. I mean, that, that is literally it for the Red Wings center depth at the moment. It, it's, it is, <laughs> For up-and-comers, because you look at it, right. Chase Peterson and Kyle Kerskula, who are above Niederbach, are not mainstays on this roster. Um, Joe Valeno could it could be a mainstay. Mitchell Stevens, I honestly don't see. Sam Gagne is probably going to be gone soon. I don't think Oscar Sundquist is going to play a center role on this team. Probably going to continue to play winger on the bottom six if he stays on this team long-term. Michael Rasmussen, maybe bottom six. Pew Suter will be gone. Robbie Fabry's been playing wing. So, out of all those centers, you got maybe the Larkin, or you definitely have Larkin, rather. You have maybe Rasmussen, and you have maybe Valeno. And then in the future, you may have Niederbach. So you need help. So getting a guy like Andreasen, 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 however you want to pronounce it, does not hurt at all because center depth is something this team lacks. And if he is a late bloomer like it looks like he is, it, hell, I'm all for it. Yeah, I mean, uh, honestly, like I said, it kind of adds something fun at the end of the year. Where uh, I, I guess I'm... I'm wondering who do you want him to be on a line with? Who would you like him to, to share a line with? That's a really good question. Um, because it's, it's really hard to get a grasp on the type of player he is just bit looking at his statistics alone. I have not had the opportunity to look at. No, any for of his sure. Tape. I, I think it's, it's, I mean, just, just cause of the leap to the NHL level. Yeah, like sure. let, let's work on a hypothetical, assuming he makes the NHL roster next year which that's a huge leap because the SHL, even though the SHL is a hugely competitive league, making that jump from the SHL to the NHL is still pretty daunting. But assuming he does on that hypothetical, 
I would probably want him at least on the bottom six to start the year because he's unproven talent at the NHL level. Oh, he's performing sure. really yeah. well, but like maybe line three with put him on Joe Valeno's line, put him on a winger because we've seen that Joe Valeno in these last few months has you know is able to uh, facilitate offense to some degree on the third line and put him with a guy who similarly seems to be a playmaking type forward with I think eight, what I read eighteen goals and twenty assists in his season with the uh, in the SHL this season. So yeah. Put him on a third line, see if that's that depth there will uh help. Cause he, he while he does play center, he can also play wing. Cause I, I'm not sure. Maybe start him at wing and see if he can maybe transition to center later. I mean, yes, agreed with everything you just said. I, I wouldn't mind throwing him down at at four and just putting like some veterans with him. You know, maybe maybe help make the transition a little easier. Just like put him on a line with Gagne and Ernie and just like see what happens. You know what I mean? Like like, oh, I mean, you could put them with size, too, if you want. There's a lot of different fun things you could do down there. But uh, I, I think next year is Matthias Brome. I, that's the dog forever. I love that, man. Love love me some Brome, man. Oh. Well, hopefully he's a little bit more successful than Brome was at the NHL level. All right. You watch your mouth. I'm, just, I'm calling it you as it is, Scotty. You watch your mouth, buddy. No, oh. but I, I like I said, I, I think – you can't hurt anything. Why not? To wrap it up, sure, adds a little spice to the end of the year. Really, I mean, honestly, Scotty, we can we can talk in circles about what his, you know, place on this line could be in the years going forward. But in the end, we don't know yet. This is it's like you said, it's spice. It's exciting to see like the Red Wings taking a shot on a guy that's unproven. So you never know who those guys are going to pan out. Even if he ends up being Damian Brunner, just a one year, twenty four or five goals. Goes off, signs a big deal, and then fades out of the league. That's still exciting. Like you still have one year of an exciting player that's going to help depth wise. I mean, Damian Bruno scored scored some big goals for the Red Wings in the playoffs that year. Absolutely. Was it twenty thirteen? I can't even remember anymore. Well, that's what everybody wanted to compare Brome to Brunner, and that didn't true. And now we're comparing Andreessen to Brome. So what did Brome do? He did everything. Watch it. <laughs> he hit the crossbar once. And it was sick, and you know it. You know it was sick. It was really cool to watch. Um, you know what else is really cool, Scotty? That banner you're going to put up at the bottom? Yes. Good call. Boom. It's that time of the year again, guys. Built Bars are coming out with more flavors all the time, constantly. And when I say it's that time of the year, I mean just year-round. That's all they ever do. And if you haven't tried Puffs yet, you're missing out on one of the best-tasting Built Bars. Puffs are the first-ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They are a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are our fan favorite with some incredible flavors. Yummy cinnamony churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. So good. These are going to be your new favorite. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, that includes the Puffs. Low calorie, high protein, replace your candy bars with these. They are better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Go to built.com and scroll down to the macros chart. You'll be blown away. High protein, low cal, high fiber, low carb. Most protein bars contain, sorry, most built bars contain 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which normally has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. And you'll be just amazed by how much better in flavor and in health built bars are for you i just dropped my pen go to built.com use promo code lock 15 you get 15 percent off your order use promo code lock 15 for 15 percent off at built.com 
All right, Scotty, as I dig for my pen on the floor, got it. We're good. Uh, let's transition now here on our segment two of the Friday edition of the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. And talking about the Columbus Blue Jackets Red Wings matchup that will take place on Saturday evening at Little Caesars Arena, a 7 p.m. start instead of a 7.30. A little, a little bit of talking about a little bit of spice. There you go. Um, both teams have taken one game in this season series. Red Wings took the first one all the way back on October 19th. That was the game where Lucas Raymond scored his first career goal, 4-1. to And then on November 15th, the Blue Jackets in Columbus won 5-3. to So this will be the decider between these two teams in this season series. And uh, Columbus Blue Jackets not having that great of a season. Not horrible this year, but not great. Uh, they're six in the Metropolitan Division, so second, third from last. They're you got 33. They're 33 and 33 this season in regulation with six overtime losses. So they're a solid 500. It's just the tough I think division they might that they're playing. Actually, in. be doing better than people thought. <laughs> they are, but also they just play in a really tough division. So yeah, like, oh yeah, absolutely. But like going into the year, I think most people expected Columbus to be kind of a, a bottom dweller for the league. And they, while they, you know, they're not a playoff team by any stretch. I think they've uh, been a little bit better than people think. Slightly exceeded expectations. Yeah. I'll give you that. Yeah. Um, just going into this game, Scotty, they're a team that while they're sixth in the division, which is lower where you are in your division, they are record wise playing much better this season. Uh, like I just stated, they're a 500 hockey team. They've got, some solid pieces on their forward core. They obviously have Patrick Line, who's got 52 points in 53 games. They got Jacob Voracek, who's got 51 points in 69 games. The thing that stands out the most about these Columbus Blue Jackets and what keeps them in these games, it's not even goaltending. Because honestly, um, Merzlingus isn't even having that great of a season. Merzlingus, he's got a 904 save percentage. He's, pretty, he's been okay, but he hasn't been great uh, so far this season. But it's how well spaced out their point production is uh, in their lineup. I mean... You got three guys with over 50 points, and then you have four, three guys with over 40, and then it's just a, it's a little bit, it trickles down from there. But you have a lot of guys who are getting points this season. It's not just one guy doing all the work, which is kind of what we're seeing with the Red Wings, where it's just four guys doing all the work. With the Blue Jackets, you got the whole roster contributing on some level, which is probably why they're a 500 hockey team. Yeah, their, their depth has been a strong suit for, for sure. And I, I think, like you said, the most important important is definitely not the right word but the the biggest difference between our distribution and theirs is you know we, we've had our depth has taken a step in the right direction especially you know before the injuries and stuff we did have some production you know little do we forget at least we forget just a year ago it was if you shut down the red wings you shut down the offense or shut down goodness gracious wow I mean, if you shut down wow. the Red Wings, you do shut down the offense. Wow. I mean, you're not wrong. That was really, really impressive. That was really impressive. Your mind's on baseball you, right now. I understand. If you shut down, it is. If you shut down the first line, you shut down the offense. It, that was the entirety of last season. Like, literally, if, if you shut down the, the Mantha Larkin line, then you were good and, and you were going to win. And the Red Wings were probably going to get shut out. So while we took steps forward, in that regard, and, you know, we have a whole top six that's pretty effective now, again, when healthy, uh, and even got a little bit of, of production down in, in the bottom six as well. It's still a big difference between, like, hey, you know, the top six for the wings is really everything, and their depth is 
it might be easier to shut down their top lines than it is to shut down our top lines, but their three and four are significantly more productive than our three and four. Yeah, and I, I to to give you guys a um idea of what I mean when I'm like reading off their points, um, where I said they had three guys in the fifties, three guys in the forties, and then three guys in the thirties. The Red Wings have Dylan Larkin has sixty seven points in sixty six games. He's got then you got Bertuzzi with 54 points, Raymond with 53, Cider with 45. So you got two guys in the 50s, one guy's one guy in the 40, three guys in the 30s, and then 20 under 30 from there. So you really, like I said, it's what I what we've been seeing all season. You have four guys at the top of the lineup who are producing. You have Larkin, Bertuzzi, Raymond, and Cider, who all have over 40 points. Whereas with the Blue Jackets, they have nine guys. I'm sorry, six guys who have over four. 40 points and then from there they have another three guys who have over 30 so they definitely have a lot more depth scoring and to your point scotty we have been seeing a little bit more of the depth scoring lately thank you michael rasmussen hashtag rasmussen renaissance but that has been the difference maker between these two teams and that's what's really going to set apart the red wings going forward if they want to be a competitive hockey team is to get that depth scoring where the blue jackets right now lack that big goal scoring threat, like a Larkin who can get over a point per game. The Red Wings lack many guys who can contribute on the ice. Just, we don't have that. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, if you want, you know, we can just talk about the the biggest holes going forward for this team to fill it out. And that's (laughs) there's quite a lot, right? That's, that's, that's a nice uh, athletic greens water bottle there. Thank you. Um, The, uh, that it comes down to all of the defense. Five of your six defensemen need to be revamped. You need another goalie, and you need bottom six scoring, specifically bottom six center depth, but you really need bottom six scoring as a whole. That is the three glaring weaknesses for the future. If you want to talk just about players, and we can, you know, Blashill, yes, we need somebody else behind the bench too, but we're just talking players. Those are the three biggest areas of need. And this Columbus team, like we said, has really good down-the-line scoring, like really good depth at the bottom. And uh, I, I completely agree with you. I think it's been one of the the biggest reasons why they've surprised some people, and I think it's why they're sitting at 500. Well, let's talk about how we're going to kill them. Like, how are we going to destroy the Columbus Blue Jackets? And I'm not I'm talking about beating. I'm talking about destroy them. What what do the Red Wings got to do in this game to defeat the Columbus Blue Jackets? team that doesn't have that lethal weapon but is very well um, – stretched out in how they preserve that talent i mean is it a surprise to anyone if i say defense like (laughs) like i don't know what else to say like i mean it's true it's honest that the top six is going to be able to score and, and produce on against the columbus blue jackets i am in the same breath i'm not convinced that our defense can prevent a constant pressure from lines one through four that they're going to put on us well and i think for me obviously that's 100 percent true the defense just is and always needs to have a good game if the team's going to have a chance to win because they have not been great all season long um but even more so for me i think it's the power play and the penalty kill and i had peaked it and i just closed out of the tab by accident but the blue jackets i have think they have the 19th ranked penalty kill and the 25th ranked power play so their power play is pretty um, bad with their penalty kills kind of middle of the road, but the Red Wings have the worst power play in the league. And if you're the Red Wings and you're trying to win games, obviously defense is paramount, but also scoring goals when you're up a man 
is huge too. I mean, we just saw that in a game against Winnipeg. Vrana scored on a power play. You win three to one. Now, obviously, Rasmussen had the game-winning goal in that one, but you don't get that. You don't get to the second goal without the first goal. You right. know, you need to be able to score on the power play and take advantage of those power play opportunities to be able to win games. And I think continuing power play success, as, as simple as these answers sound to the casual listener who's watched a Red Wings game, these are going to continue to be the thing. You're, and you got to also look at it. You might have a little bit of momentum on your side. You just came off a back-to-back where you won two straight games. Columbus just lost their most recent game to the Philadelphia Flyers. They've actually just come off a huge losing streak, mind you. They lost seven games in a row before beating the Flyers um, in Philadelphia, then losing to the Flyers at home. So they've lost eight of their last nine. So eight of their last ten, I guess you want to do the last ten. So they're they're struggling right now. So you can play well defensively. And again, this sounds like such a no-duh thing to say. You play well defensively. You score on the power play. You take advantage of a team that's struggling right now. You'll win a hockey game. I mean, why not? Yeah, that's your recipe for success, don't you think? Why not? Why not win a hockey game? Go out there and make it a three and a row. Make it my an official strategy would just be to win. That's my game plan. I like it. I like it a lot. Thank you. I don't know why they haven't been doing it every game. I know, right? What the hell? I, you know what else I like a lot is betonline.net. Man, I'm killing it with these segues today. Betonline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, including the week, this week's Master Championship odds, podcasts, and reviews for all the different leagues this season. What was it? Was it Tiger Woods was even through the first round? First day? Yeah, Tiger. He had a couple of nice shots in there, too. Yeah, so he's, he's back, baby. He's back. So make sure you go bet on him on betaline.net. Betaline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Betaline, where the game starts. What, dude? You're not going to do it? I don't know what you're talking about. You left me hanging. I also didn't put the thing up. You didn't. Brought the banner. It's hard when you're when you're the man pressing the ones and twos to remember all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm still waiting on it. I don't know what you're talking about. You're gonna wait until I get into segment three, aren't you? I don't know what you're talking about. You're so full of it. Anyways, segment three, lockdown Red Wings podcast. Um, Scotty, we're gonna do some how do you? What Knew you were gonna do it. You're the worst. You are the worst. I hate you. Oh, man. <laughs> so ridiculous. So stupid. How do you feel about a Friday, Scotty? Um, how do you feel about opening day? Oh, I'm so pumped, man. Woodward's going to be rocking. This is the first real opening day we've had in three years. Mm-hmm. Like, people, like, we are literally three opening days removed from our last normal one. And I'm so pumped to have it back. Um, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be so awesome. There's, uh, you know, it's it, opening day is always just a, like an awesome, just an awesome day as a whole. And, you know, the, the first game of the season, you know, the boys of summer, like it's, it's always just a, a really fun day in general. But there's a completely different vibe to opening day when your team is expected to do well versus when your team is not 
Like there's a, there's a totally different vibe, right? Like I, I went to opening day in 2019 when we lost 114 games and everyone knew we were going to suck and everything was like, Oh, well, like, let's just see what happens this year. And all the analysis was like, yeah, well, you know, well, like we're still a couple years away, but we look to take steps forward and all, you know what I mean? It's just like, you know, everyone's just going to show up and get hammered and go home. Like that's, that's all it is. And, um, I think when the team is good, it's, it's, it's just a completely different feel. Like there's actual excitement for the product on the field on opening day for the first time in maybe half a decade. And that's awesome. First time since what, like 2014? Uh, 16, I would say, was the last time. 16, we missed the playoffs by a game. That's right. And it was that Braves series or something like that? that yeah, was yeah. The, that was the, like the worst team in baseball, Atlanta Braves. I remember. And we could not beat them in a three-game series to make the playoffs. Justin Upton striking out is a vivid memory of mine. Yes, and our ace, Jordan Zimmerman, pitching. In, oh in God, game. yeah. I for he was so injured those last few seasons, I completely forgot he was on the Tigers at times. I wish he wasn't. Though, what do you got for me? Uh, how do you feel about uh, the Detroit Pistons have been like selling out the arena? Not not how do you feel about it from a work perspective? Because we know that answer. How do you feel about it from like like? <laughs> The Tigers are supposed to be good. We got opening day. The Pistons are selling out arenas. The The Wings ha- have their kids coming up, and, and we'll have more next year after another offseason. Just how do you feel about the, the vibe of Detroit sports, I guess, at the moment, by highlighted by the fact that the Pistons have been consistently getting sellouts for the last yeah, couple of weeks? Yeah, it's been a lot. It's been real exciting as a, as a sports fan perspective. Um, I had gotten accustomed to working all the games that, Wednesday Piston games would be like a crowd of at best 10,000 and it would be the slowest night of the week. Easy peasy. Last two weeks have not been easy peasy. Last we've had Wednesday. I think we've had a Tuesday and a Wednesday game last two weeks and they've been 14 or better thousand crowd. And I don't know if you guys know this, but there's between maybe 10,000 and maybe 15,000 is a lot like the, how it gets way busier. Right. Um, and it's been really impressive that a weekday Pistons game has been able to draw on that much. And obviously you attribute most of that to the exciting rookie, Cade Cunningham. He's been absolutely on a new one. And then you had Sadiq Bey had that 50-point night not too mm-hmm. long ago as well. He's been great. Killian has been really good lately. Killian, and everyone yeah. was kind of starting to give up on him. And he's been phenomenal lately. He's stepped it up lately as well. I mean, the team's really young. They're really raw. They're, gonna, they're getting a lot better. Um, I think that whoever, I, I mean, I made the hot take that the Pistons could make the playoffs this past season, just based off Cade killing Cade Cunningham alone, almost called. Him Cade yeah. Killing. Well, I think a lot of people did like, you're not alone in that, especially again, added on to the expanded postseason. you know, they have the yeah. play in thing now too, in the NBA, like it, it really wasn't that far fetched. And I don't think it's far fetched at all for next year after we had another top five pick. Yeah. I was going to say now that they're getting another top five pick, probably top three pick. I mean, the chances of them making the postseason next year are going to be disgusting. Absolutely. Like they're going to be. So a what nasty do you think? Team. Like, like, do you believe in the vision of all the Detroit sports teams being good at the same time? Because we all went through five years, half a decade of all of us being bad at the same time. I think it could happen. Um, I think the Lions finally have competency in their front office based on the moves that Brad Holmes has made. Um, Dan Campbell. I don't know how his on the play coaching is, or like play by play coaching 
on sideline coaching, whatever mm-hmm. play calling. That's the word. I'm yeah, yeah, that's what I know. As play calling is yeah. yet, but he, he's getting players to buy into his regime, which is something that Patricia never had. I mean, players are coming to Detroit to play with Campbell because they love his. He's clearly passionate and cares for the players. Um, Red Wings, obviously, you guys know my take on that. They're heading in the right direction, and they have a lot of young talent. Pistons are the same way. So, I mean, I, I think that I don't know if the timelines. It really depends because different teams stay with their window open for different tenures, depending on the sport. Sure. Like a, a baseball team can stay consistently good for 10 years. And that football team might have a tenure of two years. So it, it really depends on the sport, but I think it's definitely possible. I think so too. I'm pretty excited about like, I think, I think like two years from now could truly be like, the Lions are at least on the come up and like people have high expectations for them. The Pistons and Wings are playoff teams and the Tigers are like fighting for, you know, winning the division. Like I, I think like two years we could legitimately see all four be like legit at the same time. And I'm, I'm pretty pumped about it. Yeah. Um, how do you feel? I'm trying to think here. All right, you got to be talking sports again. Um, how do you feel about trivia nights at bars? So pro, it's not even funny. You're good at them? Pre-COVID, in my bag. Bro. Were you even 21 at that point? What? That's not important. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, I, I turned 21 the, in, um, what year? 2019? Yeah. Yeah, I turned 21 in 2019, so I, I had a year of, yeah, of uh, COVID-less bar scene, yes. Yeah, I just did my first trivia night uh, on Thursday night, last night. And, so uh, fun. Came in I'm last. pretty useless outside of the sports sections, but the sports sections, it I'll, I'll, I'll put the team on my back. It's over. One, of the, one of the categories was wines and cheeses, and I was like, all right, I'm out. Yeah, See, <laughs> like, like, what? I'm just tapping out. Like, but we, did, we had one on, uh, they called it the web. And so it was like spiders and like the internet and the spiders one was like comic book, like Spider-Man question. And oh, like that's Char- all you. The, then there was a Charlotte's web ca- uh, question. That's also um, all you. Yeah. I love Charlotte's web. No, I'm just kidding guys. I couldn't, I didn't, that's the one I actually missed. Um, but like that, that one I blew out of the water was fantastic. Um, yeah. So we came in last though. That's <laughs> awesome though. No, well not also that you came in last. That is fun though. I, I love, I love trivia, man. Trivia, trivia is the best. Yeah. It's surprisingly fun. And then also it was a Mexican bar. And they had mac and cheese enchiladas. That sounds like my heaven. I got it. And I got to tell you that like might be like a top five food I've ever had. Yeah, so good. Dude. That does not find out with the refried beans and Mexican rice. So good. That's phenomenal. That's phenomenal. Um, How do you feel about... I'm I'm running out. I think I might be done. I I, I was trying to think too. Yeah, no, we can tankathon too, so we got time. How do you? Yeah, do a tankathon, and I'll th- try to think of one last okay. one while you're tanking. We'll do a tankathon spin. All right, here we go. One, up to two. Oh wait, let me let me. Do I need to zoom in? Can you see it good? You can zoom in a little bit if you can. Yeah, I can. Up to two. Back to ten. Three, nine, 
four, ten, five, ten, six, nine, seven, nine, eight, nine. Did you? <laughs> You're ridiculous. Nine, ten, 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 eleven, nine, twelve, ten, thirteen, nine, fourteen, two. That's two second overall picks. Fifteen, two. 35, 36, 37, 38, 39. There we go. 40. Right on 40. Right on 40. Incredible. Yeah. So we got, th- we got what, three or four second overall picks in that span? I don't yeah, know we got a couple of two mixed in there. Then, then we'll get the phone calls. We don't get phone calls here, but we'll get the tweets saying trade up to number one. Yeah, we'll probably still get that no matter where we actually fall. Trade for one. Why would anyone give up Shane Wright? Yeah, no, it's going to take an awful, probably unattainable amount to trade up to one this year and next year. Um, how do you feel? What time of day do you work out? That depends on when my shift is. Um, do you just work out after a shift? Um, if it's a shift, that's like, I end at five or four, then yeah. But if it's a game day, like tomorrow is, or today is with the Pistons, their, their home finale, supposed to have like 18,000 people. Um, I'll go before, before work because I'm not going to get out tomorrow until like 11 PM. Right. Yeah. I work out at like one to three in the morning. You're an animal. (laughs) <laughs> I did that one time and I regretted it. I do it literally right. I do it until I'm tired and then I fall right asleep. Do you work out at home or do you go to the gym? Uh, no, I go to a 24 hour. Do you have abs? There's nobody in there. It's basically like I have my own gym. <laughs> have you ever seen that video where it's like the guy who goes into the gym and it's like, um, that song from Guardians of the Galaxy goes, hey, hey. Yeah, yeah. You've seen that one? Yeah. Or you just know the song, yeah. That, that, is that you? Uh, no. Certainly what? not. Certainly not. It's a good one. All right. You, there was never a how do you feel about it. That was just you wanted to know. When how I do you feel out. about the fact that I work out at one in the morning? I think you're a freak. All right. But well, there you, you, go. <laughs> you, you generally, generally, generally stay up to like five in the morning anyways. So. No, I mean, not that late. Anymore. There were times there were, well, I mean, peak COVID, like when COVID first started, nothing was open. Yeah, it was up till six, but that's, that's, we're not, we're not that bad anymore. Anymore. All right. Thanks for being locked on Red Wings. Your first listen every single day. Now make your second listen locked on fantasy hockey host, Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Scott and I will be back on Monday to recap this one for you. Uh, Same time. Same place. It's your team. Every Every day. day.